Unlocking the Cage is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific at Manager's Comedy. Tune in to chat and share your opinions and help us unlock the cage. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of screen and stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Hello and welcome to a very special 80s episode of Unlocking the Cage. Uh, I am your host, Meg, here with Chris. We are we are <laughs> wearing costumes if you're listening to this in the podcast version. Um, the purpose of the show is to watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 106 movies. Um, if you're listening to this after the fact, we record live on Twitch every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific time at, man- at twitch.tv slash manager special. Um, and old episodes can be found on our YouTube as well if you miss it. Manager's comedy. Oh my God. Sorry, Chris. I've typed this a million times. <laughs> I wish there was. Yeah, we could make it have some sort of partnership with them. Um, so today's movie is the 1983 movie Valley Girl. And we watched this, but we didn't watch it alone. I mean, we did watch it alone, but we also made our friend watch it with us. So let's introduce our guest and our first ever musical guest singer songwriter molly walburn molly how's it going i'm very excited this turned out to be one of my now probably favorite movies that's awesome so did you know anything about this movie when you picked it because you did you did pick this one voluntarily the only thing that i knew was it was one of the few that was not like an action movie so i went for it yeah the acting was just like perfect. I loved every bit of it. At first I was kind of like, oh man, what did I get myself into? This is almost two hours. And then as soon as they like get into the party, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, yeah. I was all in. I, I did feel like when we were watching this, I was like, oh yeah, Molly is probably the perfect guest for this. Like, I, I, I think it's, I'm very interested to hear your perspective on this movie. I'm very excited to share it with you. And I <laughs> for bringing this movie to light. I had no idea this existed. And that's, I know you're going to ask me how many films I've seen with him in it, but yeah. Yes explain why I've never heard of it <laughs> no I mean I I this is a this is a little bit of a I mean I don't know if it's considered a deeper cut but it's certainly an early Nicolas Cage movie and you know not one of the ones that people think of you know when you're thinking about classic Nicolas Cage movies um so all right so then yes tell us how many Nicolas Cage movies have you seen so we know where you stand on the uh a spectrum I think the only <laughs> the only two that I actually recall watching and can tell you what they are are City of Angels and when the cameo that he did in um, Fast Times at Richmond. Yeah. So I remember those two movies perfectly. The other ones, I was talking to Jared, my husband, and I was like, well, I feel like I've seen more because I remember at Blockbuster, we used to go there all the time. So I can see these like video pictures of like what the VHS photo is, but I don't remember watching them. So I truly believe I, this will be three for me. Valley Girl makes three. So you're not a big action movie person in general, it sounds like. Not really. I enjoy it. Like I'll watch it and be like, oh, I'm glad I saw that, but I never crave an action film. Yeah, I hear you. I, I mean, I, I would say I always crave an action film, but I, I respect that that's not for everybody. I need to watch more movies with you because you can open my mind. So this movie, um, just a little background on this uh, for you guys uh, or for the listeners. Uh, so this was from 1983. This is the first movie where Nicolas Cage was credited as Nicolas Cage. Um, before that, he went by Nicolas Coppola. Uh, and then he was like, I don't want to be defined by my uncle and my family. And so he made up a fake last name. Um, so this is this is a very early cage. Uh, 
It was directed by a woman named Martha Coolidge. This is, I think, our first movie that we've watched that had a female director, so that's cool. Um, and it was made for $350,000. <laughs> if you said million, I was going to shit my pants. <laughs> it's uh, $350,000. And I know this is 1983 money, but the point of comparison that I found was that Risky Business, which was made like around the same time and was kind of a similar vibe of a movie, was a $6 million movie. So this was like no permits just sort of like using the like st- the the production team's clothes for costumes just really like shoestring budget that says a lot i have to can i can i say really fast we we figured when i was watching this the part where they do the montage and i know i'm skipping ahead and i apologize but where they do the um this the i will uh i'd stop the world and melt with you yeah they played the entire song and we were like, they probably had to pay so much money to have that song that they're like, we're going to put the entire song in this. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, die la-. It was so good. That was like 15 of the 350 spent on that one song. Also, I, we have that clip. I'm worried to play it. We'll see what happens if uh, the channel gets taken down. Um, Chris, you might want to turn your volume up, by the way. Just turn your, your my volume up now. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, All right. Because the guys in the audience they- say it's good now. But it's bad for you guys. I think if I talk more, then the Zoom is going to auto-adjust my volume after it gets a better sample. Is it getting any better or no? Uh, you sound quiet compared to Molly, but let's not let's not go too far okay. into it. I'm I'm sure it's fine. Audience, tell us if there's any problems. We'll we'll figure it out. If it's, um, I thank you for bringing up that song. So an interesting thing about this is that uh, so that song was not popular before this movie. This movie made it popular, so they probably got it for a steal but like the whole reason this song is such a big deal in popular culture is literally this movie um so i thought that was cool you know what never took off a million miles away also is my volume better that's the one that i almost started talking about right now they they're very similar to me he was like he was like uh the one in the bar where he's like a million miles away when they're that band when they were drinking Like, I feel like that band thought this was their big break and they were going to like, you know, that was probably their, their, their single. I don't know. We were wondering if they were actually a band as well, but we forgot to go back and like fact check it. I wonder. Uh, I, I think that was wondering. one of my trivia things and they were, but I deleted it because I didn't think it was that exciting of a trivia thing. But <laughs> oh, yeah, that didn't hear it. We would have thought it was good. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many trivia things about this movie that I was like, I gotta, I gotta pick and choose. Um, Okay, one more, one more thing before we dig into it. Just a note is that this movie uh, was a huge, actually a pretty significant box office success compared to its budget. Um, so it made seventeen million dollars, which in nineteen eighty three money is forty four million today. So like they made a, they, they they did really well with this. I mean, this movie pretty much launched Nicolas Cage's career, and it also got really good reviews when it came out. Um, so it's uh i i wasn't i didn't know what to expect going into it i thought it might be trashy but it was great (laughs) and apparently people loved it at the time too before we dig Uh, in yes there was something you said earlier that got me thinking that like like nicholas cage viewership is a spectrum and like what about you does the number and what nick cage films you've seen what does that say about you so she's only seen the cameo from fast times and this and uh and, and you know city of angels 
that says a lot about a person, right? <laughs> I think it says that I enjoy watching the exact same type of movie and I need to branch out. <laughs> Well, I mean, I bet you would. Uh, I bet you would like Moonstruck. I haven't seen it yet, but that seems to be the. I think I tried to uh, select that one maybe first, but it was hard. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> the person who picked that, our friend Lara, said what she she said. Ew, I hate Nicolas Cage. And then she looked at the list and she was like, Oh, I love Moonstruck. Okay, <laughs> I'll see that one. <laughs> so anyway. a similar like not action movie fan. Um, um, anyway, I'm excited for that episode. That's our that's our Valentine's Day episode. So plug it in. I really, I really fast will also point out that yes. I have seen the new uh, the Netflix the about the curse the cuss words the curse words. Yeah, first episode that he hosts. Yeah, so I, I know a little bit more about his work. Just you know, no, that's good. Yeah, because <laughs> we were we were we were talking about like, are we going to do a special episode for that? And we haven't decided yet. But yeah, we have also seen the first episode of that show, so we can work that into the conversation without spoiling it for anyone. <laughs> Let's dig deep into that ten not- second appearance at the top of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So this movie. Uh. So it's the plot is pretty thin. I would describe it as the couple meets, they get together, they break up, and they get back together. And I think that's pretty much it. And what you kept saying the whole time was very low stakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Nicolas Cage, for the very low stakes, he gets very extreme about it. Like, the, yeah. he really acts it up. <laughs> this, this movie, like, what was it? You said it was, like, inspired by Romeo and Juliet, except the very low stakes Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah. And there's the part where they're like going to the movies with Romeo and Juliet in the background. Did you catch that? Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very heavy-handed. Uh... Toss it there, just an easy one for you to be like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. And it's interesting because if you think about Romeo and Juliet, like the parents are, you know, the families are keeping them apart. Like they they both die at the end. They're like miserable. And like in this movie, the parents are pretty supportive. <laughs> Yes, the they're parents friends. are also like five years older than the kids at all. Yes. That. At some points, I thought the parents might be younger than the kids. Oh, we gotta talk about this shit because that is was like bizarrely misaged parents. Oh wow, the parents were like their own. I can't even. Well, I can't wait to get to that part because I've got a lot to say that hopefully I can form words about. But honestly, I think we can just jump around. I don't know, Chris. If you do, do you have any clips from of the parents? Oh yeah, I got that one clip of uh, the mom. Like this was that 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 time in the eighties when parents looked like kids looked like they were forty. Like all the kids looked forty, even if they were sixteen. So uh, yeah, this is um, this is the clip of her mom. Julie, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. Sorry. We have been worried sick about you. Where have you been that you'd have to stay out all night? Wait, I don't think I want to hear this. No, honey, we have no secrets in this family. How many takes do you think she farted? Yeah, <laughs> That was the most random. Those parents, I thought at first when I was first seeing this, I thought it was like a sister or I, I it took until they finally were like mom and dad that really was like, oh, those are parents. It it was uh, I I they I would say the various parents in the movie were my favorite parts of the movie. They were just so fucking weird. Well, though, all right. So it wasn't explicitly stated; it was very vague. But I think that her mom and dad, that woman, 
they remember they said they were newlyweds. I don't know if that's her biological mom or not because she said they got married a couple of years ago. So maybe her actual I, mom died or something, or I don't know. Wasn't that the Susie's parents though? Wasn't that Susie's parents, the one with the Well Susie didn't have a her dad was gone, right? But then there was a scene in the party where the mom and there was like another dad figure and it looked like they were together. Yeah, and they're yeah. like making the sushi and they're like, what was that about when she like storms away with the peanut butter sushi? <laughs> It's it's almost like like one thing I like about this movie is it's so slice of life and it's like a lot of things like that are would happen in real life and just you know everything is always usually so simplified for the movie so like okay maybe Julie's Julie was the main character right yes yeah. yeah so maybe Julie's parents her her mom isn't in the picture and her dad remarried and they just don't talk about it or make a big deal of it because that's what it would be like in real life as you just wouldn't. Make would, like, hey this is what happened to me so now therefore here's what yeah well, you're right what fucks us up though as an audience is that they they the ages are so fucked you're like who are they to each other because not yeah. obvious <laughs> yeah uh, the woman who played uh julie's mom is nine years older than deborah foreman who is the main actress but didn't there's we find, a little trivia for you guys we found out though that Susie's mom actually is age appropriate right she's just a, yes. a well-preserved woman the woman, yeah, the woman who um, had the sort of Mrs. Robinson thing going. Yes. Is Which a, is so random, by the way. Again, so <laughs> random. Okay, sorry, Meg. Continue. No, 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 you're right. I think it was sort of, yeah, that that there's this whole, um, for people who haven't seen this movie, there's a whole, aside from the romantic main plot, there's also a subplot where one of the main character's friends tries to seduce another high, uh, one of the main character's friend's mom tries to seduce a high school kid, uh, but the high school kid ends up with the daughter right and yes. they, they like really lay on thick the references to the movie the graduate like as if the person who wrote this was like i really love the graduate i want to do that in our movie too so we'll just throw that in for no reason and it doesn't tie into the main plot but again it feels like slice of life like it's like oh okay so this is what's happening uh in the other because these other people the, the the main character's friends are also having stuff going on in their life and so that's what's happening in their life and it's just I don't know. I I I kind of liked it. <laughs> but never. do you like in the end though? So in the end, when and I was just gonna be like, I'm spoiling it, but this came out in 1983. So in the end, yeah. when Skip, the guy who is you think is gonna have the affair with the mom, comes in, sees what we think is the mom showering, and is like, he's like, agoo, and then it turns out to be actually the young girl Susie, and then they hook up. But then what? That just part was like how. And then the mom comes home and sees it and Skip hides. I'm just like, to me, it made no sense, but I loved it, but I, but it was hilarious. To yeah. Me. And Skip. All right. This whole thing is, is really fucked up because Skip is like, you know, we don't know 16 and the mom is 38 and, you know, definitely coming on to him very aggressively. Right. So right off the bat, I mean, I guess it's the time it's 83. I guess that kind of, you know, plus, you know, whatever, but did he come to the house to bang the mom? I think he did. But I think that's truly what I think. And then, and to me, then I was like, oh, well, he's just, he just sees any naked person and he's all about it. I really, truly believe he was trying to get with the mom and thought that that was the mom, realized it wasn't, and then was like, oh, I'm in. No matter, it doesn't matter. I'm in. I mean, yeah, he came early, back out. Earlier, there's a, a scene where he calls the daughter and asks basically is your mom home and she's like nah but you should come over and he's like nah, he's <laughs> like, nah i'm good i'm, not there. I'm coming over <laughs> your mom there 
I what think there skip? was a joke that they attempted there, like, well, I guess I'll bang the daughter. And then it, I don't know. It was a weird, weird scene. It really was. It was like, it made, that was the whole, out of the whole movie, that was the part where we were like, whoa, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> also the most uh, sexy, sexy, like the most nakedness of us, of all of them. Yeah. Um, here's a fun fact about the movie, guys, is that the producers of the movie required there be four separate shots of women's boobs in this movie. They uh <laughs> they wanted to make the movie appeal to young men. That is so funny because we joked about that. We were like, well, if they didn't show boobs, none of the young kids would have gone there back then. And that is that's actually true. That's there was a there was a, a breast quota for this movie. It's like it's a formula, Larry. It's a formula. <laughs> Look at all these movies. Boobs. I've counted them all. <laughs> Eight pairs of boobs. They'll come. Um, the other the other part that involved nudity was the uh her Julie's friend who hooks up with her boyfriend and then that's it there's never any drama that happens with that at all so the woman that she the, sorry the the person that Julie's friend hooked up with was was it was it was Tommy Julie's ex-boyfriend Julie's ex-boyfriend Tommy yes what was that character's <laughs> name the girl I, I never found it they say it uh, once I am sure it's there. I mean, it's we know the actress's name. Yeah, I'm sure it's there. I think they only say it once at the top of the film. They never say it again because I was really looking at it at a certain point because I was like, I got to write this person's name down. No dice. <laughs> no dice. Lauren. Her name was Lauren, Lauren. with a Y. Okay, yep. Lauren. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I maybe, you know, I think, I think that, I think that scene does have a plot purpose in the plot in that it shows so so julie has broken up with tommy who's the preppy boyfriend um and she gets together with nicholas cage's character randy who's the punk kid and then uh, this is just a sort of overview of the plot and then she her friends are pressuring her to get with tommy so she dumps him for tommy but i think what we're supposed to know is like wait tommy actually sucks like he deserved to be dumped we should we shouldn't be rooting for tommy whereas if we hadn't seen tommy do anything shady we might be like, oh, okay, maybe you guys should be with Tommy. I don't know. I was. I get that. I get that. I thought Tommy was shady the whole time, but I get how that adds to it. Doubling down on the shadiness. Yeah. I thought there was a payoff coming because you could always see the guilt in Lauren's eyes when she talked. I was like, when they're at the, the the restaurant, remember? And she's like, "This is so hard for me to say," and then she just never says it, and it's over. <laughs> it's just so sad for her. I feel so bad for her because. You know, she was drunk, whatever. This guy was an asshole. Like, you know, she got, like, screwed over in that situation. But there was never a moment, like, at the prom where, uh, you know, like, she could have come out and been like, you know, Tommy, like, you know, did this, blah, blah, blah. Then that could have, like, cemented it. I don't know. But it still worked out. I'm right there with you, Chris. I agree. It just fizzled. She never got to say her say. I think, I think it's like, if you think about this as sort of a modern movie, like, they would tie all these strands together. And I guess thinking about this is just sort of this like weird, I can't know I keep saying this, but this weird slice of life thing. It's like, yeah, you know, probably in real life, she might not say anything. Like there might not be a neat little resolution for it. And I think it's kind of cool to see that. And it doesn't, it, I don't know, maybe it was an oversight or maybe it was just something they were like, oh, we don't care about, but I, I don't know. I like it. I think a lot of things hit the cutting room floor to make way for more boobs. <laughs> Lots of boobs. I think that graduate side plot was all just, inserted just so they have another boob scene yep um, to the boob scenes 
the uh uh okay i want to see if we have any good clips sorry Let's guys go to uh, the media thing to the, the media, media. Thing. oh we have i think that'll help us get oriented well all right so we have there's the party uh in the beginning of the movie where uh oh also i didn't get a picture of it but can we talk about fucking nick cage's chest hair at the beach that weird I think, v is that do we have a clip of that in the montage of their love song montage uh no no i i only got an early part of it uh with all the signs yeah so we we have a couple of shots of nicholas cage at the beach we don't have any pictures of it he's you know very young he's in great shape um a note for uh repeat listeners of this show he is only shot from the front or directly from the side because he has a giant stupid tattoo on his back i believe at this point and this is early enough that i'm not 100 percent certain but given that they never shot his back um it's always a one of our missions to f- to find that tattoo in his movies because it does show up when they don't cover it up but uh we I, i'm guessing that it was there and they just were like yeah all right we're just gonna shoot him from the side <laughs> but I see this tattoo i didn't know he had a tattoo yeah as i i you know i really should know what the tattoo is it's of. like a dragon a- it's like a dragon winking or something right that like that right I think so. I'm, I'm uh, gonna try and bring up this uh, this this chest hair because it's just so weird and, and egregious that uh, I think we should probably see it. Uh, it's um okay. It's a monitor lizard wearing a top hat. All right. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the best shot of this chest hair, but you can see it's just like a, like, and Meg it's told insane. me this. He was like full on hairy, right? That's what Max yeah. said. And they, and like, you know, and they had to just shave his chest hair. And this is the pattern they picked, this bizarre, really high Y. wearing little underwear on his chest. It's a chest thong. Yeah. It's a chest thong. It's a thong of, of hair on his own chest. Um, would, would you believe me if I told you it was Nicolas Cage's idea to shave his hair into this shape? Oh, boy. Because it was. <laughs> but Yikes. he thought it would make him look younger. I can see how that could accentuate the pectoral and make it look like, you know, there's more there maybe. Oh yeah. To me, it kind of looks Ooh. like, um, like when a drag queen, um, puts the shading like this in order to, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, that's exactly right. It looks like he has cleavage now that you look at yeah. it, or this could be a hairy ass crack. It's, it's a, it's a weird choice. Ass crack. Uh, right that should be a game on here you guys should be like which is nicholas cage's chest and which is his ass (laughs) i don't i don't think i want to play that game if i if i crop this too much oh thank god this was cropped just above the nipple i didn't even think (gasps) we can't show nipples on twitch no nips on twitch if i if i move this screen too high it's gonna look like a butt and i'm gonna get taken off twitch all right we gotta get this out of here all right, let's let's watch something more PG. Why don't you show uh Chris, can you show us the bathroom scene when they first meet? All right, here's the bathroom scene. It's a very short uh scene when they first meet. I just got a clip of it. You get out of here. <laughs> like I don't think you'd be any more welcome down there right now. <gasps> I mean, let's leave the party. I'm so sure. I'm so sure. Kill. I'll meet you out front. Wait a minute. Where are we gonna go? I don't care. What are we gonna do? Anything. Okay, but I have to bring my best friend. That's fine. I'll be waiting for you. 
I the, think you're so cute. The acting is so good to me because it's so after school special. The whole thing, it's like, oh my gosh, Cindy, I can't. It's like, so that's what really got us in just how hilarious it all is. It, and it is very 80s too, I guess, but. They, 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 they have the they, slang down like so good. <laughs> The the context for this scene is that they've just sort of seen each other across from a party. Uh, Randy started talking to Julie. Julie's ex-boyfriend got mad and like attacked him, right? But then yeah. he snuck back into the party, hid in the shower until Julie came into the bathroom and then talked to her. So they that don't was great. know each other at this point. That was, he was great. He was in the bathroom man. for a lot of other people in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was in a bath. I think he was in the bathroom for like the moment that that this uh, movie passed the Bechdel test or something because it was like a conversation with two, two... Oh, they weren't named, though. I don't even know when this did, but Meg says it did. Uh, yeah, I think it did. I think, um, I mean, there was enough, like, scenes of the girls hanging out together and shopping and just talking about random stuff. Definitely talking a lot about boys, but I feel like there's got to be something. They just eked right by, I think. I don't know. <laughs> um... So Do we, we want to, uh, we, what? We, we could get into like, so they have, all right. So they have this bathroom kiss. Their love is forbidden. She just, uh, broke up with Tommy. Tommy punches this dude in the face. He gets out of there. He comes back. Blah, blah, blah. So then, you know, they fall in love and they have this montage of, uh, of them like walking the streets of Hollywood, uh, on dates, you know, their love montage. Um, and I just was reminded of the placemat when you go to a family restaurant and how it has all those pictures of businesses, like all the ads on it. And I'm like, did they go to like the LA Chamber of Commerce and just like, hey, just put every sign in this movie? And, <laughs> like, cause they literally walk down Hollywood Boulevard and look at every sign. Here, here's the part. I using all my breath. This was fun to see the signs. Like, oh, cool. we've been there. Oh, I know where that is. That was fun. Yeah, we kept pausing it. Like, oh, wait, does this still exist? Yeah. Although, actually, them walking around here, I don't think they're in Hollywood. Oh. They, there was the Encino bowling sign. Oh, so they're not even in Hollywood. So this is like the, the greater Encino Chamber of Commerce. Sponsor My favorite this film. part that we rewound, we rewound. There's a part in the movie where Nicolas Cage and his friend that Chris is dressed as tonight, and Julie and her friend who is drug dragged drug along, um, dragged along. They're going down, and Nicolas Cage's character knows everybody on the street, and he's talking to them, and he's having these inside jokes and conversations, and nobody else in the car is like even looking to see who he's talking to. He's just, it, we like cry laughed because he's just. <laughs> why did they put that in? But I'm so happy they did. Like it's like he's Little like, Italy or something. Cool guy that knows a lot of people. I don't know, but it was so good. Like Hollywood's this quaint neighborhood. Yeah, everybody yeah. on the street. Oh yeah, that's his. That's where he's, he's from. He grew up in Hollywood. He grew up on Hollywood Boulevard playing stickball. Yeah. <laughs> then, you know? When he was like, "You were gonna get the mohawk," and then the guy's like, "Yeah, I pushed out." We like cried. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, a lot of good Hollywood landmarks there too. Like that was another thing. That was another part that Chris and I paused a lot, and we were like, 
uh, oh yeah, I know where that is. Like, I think, you know, that's at the corner of Schrader and Hollywood Boulevard and that place they turned into, I don't know, some venue or whatever, but. Yeah, I was, I was wondering what venue that was. And when I looked up the, lo the filming locations, the only thing that I could see that it could maybe be was that Dupar's, which I think in that clip that you just showed, but that's like a restaurant. So I don't think it was. Are you talking about the, the place where the club that they go into? Yeah, where they listen to the music. Yes, I have a trivia thing about that. It was originally called Filthy McNasties in the 60s and 70s. And then the 80s, it was called The Central. Uh, and it was purchased then by Johnny Depp, now known as the Viper Room. Oh, where... it's the Viper Room? It's the Viper Room, which was where River, River Phoenix died in 1993. Whoa. Crazy. I still have never been to the Viper Room. I'm not I've, actually sure where that is. It's on. It's on Santa. No, not is it Santa Monica? Sunset. Sunset, all the way, way far west, north of West Hollywood. Like you could walk from where we walked from where our friend uh, Bryce lived. To give you an idea. You anyway, know, Bryce, you went from yeah, Bryce's Bryce. house to the Viper Room. You walk <laughs> if you walk north from his house, you get there. Oh, it's like a block from State Social House. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. All yeah, the listeners good. are really gonna want to hear this stuff. <laughs> Hey, I'm uh, sure some LA people are listening and yeah, <laughs> it's a fun thing for an LA person to watch. Cause you can see how, you know, LA in the past, similar to eight millimeter, there was like a little mm. vision of LA in the past. Not yeah, a fun is one. A, this is another, another, uh, driving through LA, driving down Hollywood Boulevard montage. This has to go in the bingo card. We need <laughs> driving down Hollywood Boulevard montage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so yeah, so, okay. what else we got to watch over here? Oh, got any fun clips? Uh, we got oh the driver's ed seed. That was priceless. That was great. When they do the I driver's ed, scene. this guy too. Oh my god. He just bails. He bails out. Are you gonna show it? Yes. Here we go. Driver's ed. You don't mean that guy. Cut the conversation, girls. He's that guy from Hollywood. I mean, like he came back for Stacy. Me, he took us back over the hill. I mean, he went to a super time. I mean, like a party for supernovas. Man, he's just like perpendicular, you know? Listen to me, Stacy. Die, Richmond. Straight down. No, you can't go through there. No, stop, stop, stop. He'll be in big trouble if this gets around. What if Tommy finds out? So what? Jill, you got a reputation of protect. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> I think that was a real great low-budget stunt because they just did the whole bail with the sound effect. 100%. There's another sound effect that um, is so good. Did you notice when they're in the four, the four girls are um, eating and they're Julie's deciding if she should ditch Randy and get back with Tommy and continue to be in her clique or not. And one of the girls says something like, Tommy will totally get back with you. I already talked to him or something like that. And then there's a kick under the table and you just hear like a, it's like a, the classic punch sound. It's like a like yeah <laughs> so good i remember that i was like well what the yeah you're like it sounded like we, a street we fighter it, we allowed it to be like was that wait was that the kick sound that, that the an actual like sound of like the classic punch and sure enough it was yeah it was like she she like totally like ryu hit y and <laughs> the uh the thing in this that i i, I love is uh you know it's they're doing they do lots of car shots in this movie right like they do tons of car mm -hmm. shots and uh i'm just gonna you don't mean that from hollywood right. oh crap i can't pause it but uh they they, they took all the rearview mirrors out of the middle of the cars 
in every car there's no rear view mirror in the middle like it's just i guess you know they can't shoot around it so they i did not notice that but that's yeah. pretty good oh man yeah i was really excited when he figured that out like what no rear view mirror. i was like what's missing meg and i paused it for like 10 minutes and tried to make her guess <laughs> So there's a part of this movie that I thought was really fun. I don't know how much we're jumping around here. We're jumping uh, around a lot. Well, this is, I this this is the other clip we have, which is where, uh, he is trying to get back with her, and he employs disguises. Yeah. So just the context for this is that he her friends have convinced her that even though she's happy with Randy, you know he'll never fit in with them because he's from Hollywood and they're from the Valley. And she should get back together with Tommy. And so she dumps Randy and gets back together with Tommy. But Randy is not having it. Yeah. So uh, he has to employ many disguises in order to get her back. Oh, bitch. Is this in 3D? No, but your face is. Oh, like I hate 3D. It's not in 3D. Have a nice flight. Okay. How you doing down there? It appears as though you uh, forgot our french fries and our coke. Fish head. Oh, uh, well, Peter by Victor Pepper, I guess I did. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can see, like, that's authentic laughter. <laughs> that was so good when he, that was his comeback. Well, Peter Piper, I guess I did, and he spits. And he's even laughing. Look, the, Tommy's laughing, too. Like, no one, <laughs> everyone just that's laughing. A, that's another Nick Cage improv, the spitting the gum out. The uh, what's it? Oh, he he just improv. He probably improved the Peter Piper picked the pepper thing too. Yeah, I don't know about that, but definitely the gum. That's oh, so man. good. That part was like uh my favorite part of the whole movie when he started dressing in disguise. I think this might count as an undercover cage. I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get to there when we'll we get, get to, to the, the we'll bingo to card. Yeah. Um. All right. So we uh yeah. So there there's um. Well, sorry, I got I got derailed. He's, all right, so he's trying to get her back, yeah. right? And <laughs> he's, he's trying to get her back. He's not doing very well because society is pressuring her to stay. It, so this would be Romeo and Juliet if uh, were Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and Romeo and Juliet. Hamlet. That's Hamlet. Okay. Macbeth? Who am Hamlet. I thinking of? Well, this would be like instead of the parents and the families keeping them apart, it'd be like the friends. The friends. Whoever the friends are in Romeo like, and Juliet. Like uh, Mercutio? Yeah. So, like, the guy from Michael from Lost is trying to keep them apart. He's trying to keep Claire Danes and Leo DiCaprio apart as opposed to their families. I get that reference. That actor is, yep. I don't know the <laughs> actor's name. I'm racking my brain to try to figure out which one it is because I didn't watch Lost, but I have seen that sh that movie so many times, the Romeo and Juliet with Claire Danes. He's Mercutio. Is he Mercutio, Meg? I don't know. All I can think of right now is John Leguizamo, but that's oh not yeah, because he was also in it. All right, so John he Leguizamo. would absolutely be. Uh... <laughs> but here's the thing: is that on on Randy's side, um, his buddy, whose name I don't remember, does not care. He's like, yeah, sure, let's hang out with these girls. And like, his parents I'm gonna... are gone. Yeah, that and the girl that he ends up like in the end getting kind of right the whole time this girl is like no i'm never gonna and that whole there's a scene where randy and julie are just making out in the car and that his friend and her friend he's chasing her around and you just hear the voices and she's so not into it and he's just like continuously chasing her that and was the, 
together out of nowhere she's like okay I guess I'm cool with it that was the one part of the movie I didn't love because I was like this this poor girl is like trapped on this like overlook with her friend who's not paying attention and then there's some random dude she doesn't know chasing her around a car and she keeps all you hear in the background is like leave me alone like (laughs) this movie sends a bad message about it truly (laughs) does it truly does that's that's definitely one misstep with this movie you'll wear them down trust me keep at it that's the message here give up do not give up literally chase them literally (laughs) um yeah i want to talk about uh so well all right i think i I feel like we've got most of the plot right is there heightens to the prom right yeah that's the big culminating moment of the whole movie is the prom when they uh you know they get together even though tommy and and him are also tommy's karate skills what the fuck oh yeah out of nowhere that came out of nowhere Jesus, he actually knew, like, he, like, kicked over, he did, like, a, a Bruce Lee kick right straight up, like, over his head just to warm up. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah, so I, yeah, so I, they, they have a little confrontation, and then Nick Cage and uh, Julie run away together. And then that was into the sunset. I think that was another graduate uh, lift. The moment, like, the, the last scene just kind of, except for the end, end of The Graduate, don't they, like, kind of, like, both realize what they've done? They both look, like, kind of stone-faced at the end of The Graduate, whereas this, I don't know, maybe it wasn't intended. They seemed happy at the end. Yeah, they Do seemed happy. Do you guys think happy. they seemed happy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they went to fuck at the, uh, what was it, the Valley Hilton? Sheridan. Sheridan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it the Sheridan? Sheridan, yeah, you're right. It's the Valley Sheridan. Valley Sheridan. And that's, that's their, or, as Meg and I theorized, since it is Romeo and Juliet, they went to murder-suicide. At the Valley Sheridan, just a real pivot, a real off <laughs> off screen pivot. pivot there. <laughs> um, yeah. I have all right. I have one more, uh, just a still image that I wanted Chris to bring up of uh, something we haven't mentioned, which is uh, the doll that Julie sleeps with. Oh, terrifying! I just can't... <laughs> this is this is comes up several times. Like we see it a lot. She sleeps with. Uh, a creepy clown doll like an awful creepy clown doll and it like right now they're just snuggling next to each other in this but at one point she's like big spooning the the doll and so it's very comforting to her but that is so terrifying and like upon enhancement uh it is very dirty yeah it's like got stains on it. This is really weird. Like, look at the, the. I wonder what. I wonder if that was like a character choice. If they were like, okay, you know what your character would have in her bed to like as like a stuffed animal, or if that was just like the props people being like, here's your, you know, thing that you've had since you were little. <laughs> if I had that when I was little, I would probably leave my household. Yeah, that thing definitely would wake up in the night, just in a different yeah. position. Maybe that's maybe that's the second part of the story. This is I, I I was trying. I just googled quickly to see if there's any other stuff about this on the internet. Uh, but there's a tweet from someone named Brian Pock who says we watched Valley Girl last night, and the makers of this film clearly didn't respect the dramatic principle of Chekhov's demon clown doll. <laughs> yeah. I speaking of looking this movie up, when I went to look it up, I realized it's a remake. So it is like it was such a. And I'd never heard of it before, but there's a like a 2020 remake. Yes. Right? Yes. So it is like, I wonder how many people that I know have seen this movie and I just never even knew about it or thought to ask. 
Because like Fast Times at Richmond High, I feel like that's one everyone's like, oh, such a good movie. Yeah. Never even heard of this one. I feel like that's a really good segue, Meg. I think it's a great segue, Molly. Thank you for that too. Our Nicolas Cage bingo card. Oh, I was going to say to the remake clip. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> do, do yours. Do yours. Uh, I mean, unless you want to watch that later. Is there? Uh, no, uh, do it. Let's okay. see it. Is there a strategic advantage to watching it later? Uh, no. Yeah. Here's a clip from the remake that you just mentioned. And I tried to grab something that was analogous to something else we showed earlier. Where would you want to go? Anywhere. What would you want to do? Anything. Just wanted to show how different of a film this is. So, so I have to ask because fashions have now come back, and is that it takes place in the eighties, right? It yes. looks, but it could also. I was wondering if it was like they put it into present day. It's uh, from the preview, which is all I've seen of it. I can gather that it's about a mom and her daughter, and the mom is played by Alicia Silverstone, and the daughter's having some sort of love trouble, and the mom is like, "Let me tell you a story about the eighties." Oh, it's Mamma Mia! It's Mamma Mia! It's Mamma Mia, but taking place in the valley. <laughs> Wait, so it's Mamma Mia about the valley, and it's a Disney Channel-style musical, uh, but they're going to show boobs four times. No, no, no. The I don't think that's in the remake. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna really wonder if that because it looked pretty PG to me, but I would crack up if there were boobs in the new one. It's like a faithful recreation of every scene with boobs. Well, if that one <laughs> scene was in it, then maybe the rest of the scenes are in it too. It, yeah. It's not a big leap. The the the, the part that kind of looked like an SNL sketch version of the actual movie, like you know, like where you want to go anyway. I don't know. Like the, acting, the acting kind of crossed over there too to like what it was like when the in the original very like after yeah. school show. <laughs> uh, all well, right now let's segue to the bingo, bingo board the all right. bingo segue to the bingo board all right all right so for to catch you up molly we've been running this bingo card for several weeks of uh, movies we are so close to having a bingo and i think that we do i think there's two bingos here all right so for one i see is that it's a it's a remakes this is not a movie that is a remake but there was a remake of this movie and you know what that means guys and i just made this today and i have not tested it (laughs) see what happens (laughs) terrifying bingo well there was a For everybody listening, uh, there was supposed to be audio. Oh, I think actually the stream probably heard the audio, but no, but the uh, the that we didn't hear it. That's what happened. The, the, just for Bingo our, it was terrifying. Yeah, just for our own edification, this is what this sounds like. This is this is not made by Will Janetta as the rest of our stings are. This is just made by me. So, uh, here we go. Bingo. That's my voice. <laughs> amazing that was pretty good it's awesome so yeah we got bingo everybody so yeah i guess we don't have another bingo but we could check off undercutter fancy cage but it doesn't matter because we're going to start with a new card right yeah i still i still maintain 
that undercover fancy cage, which again, to catch Molly up is a very specific thing, which is when Nicolas Cage dresses up fancy out of character in a movie and talks in a pretentious voice, which I know sounds very specific, but we have multiple examples of this happening. Can so for your bingos, do you also do a four corners? Is it up, down, diagonal? You know, that's a great question. I've never thought about it that way. Is that a traditional bingo way to win? Four corners. Yes, indeed. In the Midwest, that is a classic way. Also blackout when you get all of them, there's the blackout bingo and that's like the ultimate win. <laughs> so you don't go up even though you've gotten bingo you wait for the blackout is that how it is for the blackout and then you never have to play again you just get all the prizes for life <laughs> whoa that's not I, i'd wait for the blackout <laughs> i'm into four corners i think we'll definitely use that going forward um yeah, so we'll everyone listening tune in next week we will have a brand new bingo card with brand new items on it and we will see how many we can get on next week's movie and i'm gonna try to work on this a little bit Bingo. I'll do something to make that a little nicer. I think it's really good. I don't think it needs any work. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, oh, there was something I wanted to touch back on the plot real quick. Yes. Do you remember when he goes in the men's bathroom at the snake club and just has sex with that random woman? Yes. Yes. She doesn't even come out of the bathroom after him. Like that poor woman. It's just like, it's like he goes, he bangs her and he walks away. <laughs> And then it's, yeah, and then it just doesn't ever show her ever again. She just like, and it's just like one and done kind of thing. It's just like, I, I think it's understood that she's his ex girlfriend. Oh, okay. I thought maybe just like they hooked up and maybe she's was interested more so. But for him, he was just like, well, I guess I'm here and we've hooked up already. So let's just do it. Yeah. Man. It's, it's somebody, yeah it's somebody that he has some sort of connection with like it's not total stranger did you guys get that oh yeah because he's like samantha i've been looking for you or some crap like that and then um she's like i've been looking for you too yes and she was a samantha totally a samantha (laughs) i love i love your (laughs) is is that show still cool with the ladies Can you, uh, Chris, can you, we're going to pivot here to something that may seem unrelated, but is actually very related. Can you pull up the movie poster? Uh, indeed I can. Here is that movie poster. We zoom in on the girl's face. Enhance. Oh, crap. I grabbed the wrong clip. What did I grab? I grabbed the clown. All right. <laughs> Don't zoom on the, on the clown. <laughs> Enhance. Enhance. I can do what I swear. Enhance. On her face. It's a different woman. Oh, look at that. It looks almost like Michelle Pfeiffer a little bit. If you were like blurring your eyes. Is it a different woman, Meg? It is. And who guess who it is? It's Samantha from the club. Wait. Whoa. Wait, what is this poster telling us that this is a picture from before the movie happened when he was dating Samantha? Isn't it's it's a. I will tell you that the reason that this happened is that the movie poster was made before um, the actress who played Julie was cast. Whoa. For some reason. That's an interesting, I would have never have guessed. So, so this, this could though function as a picture from Nick Cage's character's past. True. But I think we understand Samantha to be kind of like more like him, like a sort of a punk, right? Like she's yeah. not. And so maybe she yes maybe do you think she was actually cast originally and then they were like it's not working and then they went back and were like you're now gonna 
And we got a smaller part for you. You look Sorry. like too much of a skank. We'll put you in a skank role. And also interesting that you mentioned Michelle Pfeiffer because Michelle Pfeiffer was originally um, considered to be the lead in this movie. Really? Yeah. And and she did two instead. She did what? She did Grease two instead. <laughs> was she famous at this point? Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, what was she, what was she in around this time? Was like this is '83. Yeah. Uh, so this is. I can't even think. I don't even know. I don't. All I know is Catwoman in 1992, or whatever the hell that was. So, 96. Let's um. Sorry, go ahead, Molly. I was just gonna say there was Grease too, and I feel like it was the 80s, but I don't know that she would be famous for that. Although, have you guys seen Grease too? No. No, should we? One hundred and ten percent. You should definitely watch Grease too. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have to check out that. After we watch every Nick Cage movie, (laughs) put it on the list. Put it Uh, on the list. Apparently, oh yeah, Grease 2 was in 1982. So this, okay, yeah. Uh, And Batman Returns was in, oh, never mind, 1992. That's not useful. Let's let's do some, uh, before we uh, go into ranking this movie, let's do some trivia because I do have a couple of fun things that uh, we haven't mentioned. there molly you can see what it's supposed to sound like yeah that's i was just gonna say did you do that one too i did the graphic for that one but it's i didn't have enough time so i just kind of made a crazy one for this one nice um but the, the vocal for that is our friend will who did the sound for this um here's some fun trivia from this there's a lot of weird stuff for this so um do you guys remember the scene where they break up and nick Cage says fuck off for sure like totally yes oh yes <laughs> that's another improv from him uh, which rules Fuck off, uh, for sure. another thing totally. is that he actually slept in his car in hollywood for most of the 20 day shoot so that he could better understand the character he was playing wow, wow. Okay. a method actor if you will so when so he from waved, the beginning when he was waving at those people he knew him for he real, knew him for real. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, we have, this is actually a, a tie-in to, oh gosh. Oh, it was, I think a fact we had last week about, um, that Nick Cage was considered for Judd Nelson's part in the breakfast club, right? Huh. Judd Nelson was considered for Nick Cage's part in this movie. So they must've seen each other a lot at auditions back in the day. Yeah. It seems like they were probably late. Oh, maybe. All right. So we have a, a recurring thing where Nick Cage and John Travolta are offered the same parts. Maybe this is like the early eighties version of that is that Nick Cage and Judd Nelson are offered the same parts. They were like interchangeable people back then. Yeah. This is like all the Chris's now. Chris, <laughs> the Chris, Pine, Chris the Pine, Pine yeah. Evans, Pratt. That's very Another true. One. That's a good point. Helmsworth. Um, Madden. All right. Madden. You know, the Chris's. <laughs> Chris Klein. Walk in. Why? Walk in. Walk in just squeezes in there at the end. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, I got another fact. Uh, the woman who plays um, Lauren, who we talked about briefly, I don't think, I think we talked about this before the show, but we didn't mention it on air yet, is E.G. Daly, who um, uh, is a very accomplished voiceover actress now. And did the voice of Tommy Pickles, Buttercup the Powerpuff Girl, Babe from Babe Pig in the City, and Bam Bam from the Flintstones. 
Bam, bam. Yeah, I and yeah. I also sorry. Oh no, no worries. I was just gonna point out. I, I mentioned earlier, but I'm a huge Friends fan, and it, it right when she popped in, I was like, "That's Phoebe's friend who sings Smelly Cat." And sure enough, <laughs> she looks the exact same, just a little different hair. I think I recognize her from. I didn't know it, but like I was like, "Why she look familiar?" I think it was from Pee Wee. I think that's why she okay. looked familiar. Yeah, and I so and I didn't know this at the time, but apparently. I went to a UCB class with her daughter. Her her daughter, right? It's her daughter, right? Yeah, it's her yeah, daughter. Yeah. So, so so Chris Chris took an improv class. It's with her a daughter. small world. It is. It is a small world. Uh, um, I had you when you said all the Chris's and then you said Walken squeezes in there. I was like, we need to see Chris Walken in the MCU, and we need to see. You know what I mean? If imagine. If instead of they did old makeup on Chris fucking Evans, they just had Chris Walken sitting in that chair and he was old. All the, all the Chris's age into oh. other Chris's. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then Christopher Lloyd is the old version of Chris Pratt. And they had Chris Walken and Chris Christopher Lloyd hanging out and they're like the old version. Sorry. Well, here's the question. Are there any young Chris's at this point? Like, do you guys know a Chris under the age of 20? No. I don't know that I know anybody under the age of twenty. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but, yeah. I feel like it's like a, it's like a, it's um, it's a very common name of our generation. But like our parents, our parents our age, naming their kids Chris now. I don't know if they are. I don't think they are. I work a lot with kids, and there are a lot of rivers, and there are very few Chris's. Like uh, like Mike's and Matt's. I think I think those are so common to me, but I think that those are probably not going to be the next generation's names. I think you're, I think you are correct. And I think, I honestly think like our grandparents' names are going to start popping back. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rose, Gertrude, Rose, Dorothy, Donor, Mabel. Yeah. Mabel. I like that. Oh name man. Name. They're going to be like old man names. Like Chris is going to be an old man name. Son of a. That's <laughs> Matt is an old man name. Uh Grandpa, Matt and grandpa. Yeah. That doesn't sound right yet. So that means we're not there yet. Chris, you're good. Yeah. There's still you, famous you, people with those names, so we're okay. We're all right. A decade or so to go. Aye, aye, all right, aye. I got some more. Um, this is, uh, I think one thing that you'll notice about this movie versus a lot of, and I, I'm willing to be proven wrong with other movies, but versus a lot of other movies that Nick Cage has a love story in is that this one, it does feel like they have actual chemistry. Whereas in a lot of movies, I feel like he and his actresses just don't have any chemistry at all. And this is because he had a big crush on her, the actual actress. And he wrote her a poem uh, that was called American Girl, and she still has it to this day. I have the oh clip of him saying this, if you want me to play it. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Uh, well, you know, the thing is... Um... Oh, this is an interview with him, Kevin Smith doing an interview with him. And I got to say, this is a 12-minute long clip of an interview where Nick Cage talks for 45 seconds and Kevin Smith talks the rest of the fucking time. It is <laughs> so annoying. That guy is the worst. And he keeps talking about himself the whole time. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, um, well, first and foremost, uh, it was easy for the performance to happen in Valley Girl because I absolutely adored Deborah Foreman. Mm. I had a massive crush on her and I would write her poems. I wrote her one called American girl and i and she still has it to this day i haven't seen her in a million years but i adored her so i didn't really have to act right. so it's easy to have that feeling of love when it's genuine and uh, put that all into the work he looks like shit in this interview wow yeah 
And also, I'm sorry because I lit- I forgot that the interview is literally just a <laughs> rephrase of what I just said. Sorry. <laughs> I like to see him. I liked that. That was nice <laughs> to hear from him. They, uh, uh, another, th- yeah. Um, th- they apparently, this is a little extra fact that wasn't in that interview. Um, apparently after the movie filmed, um, they, he invited her up to his uncle's home in Northern California. So I imagine the, uh, maybe the Coppola winery, which I've been to, <laughs> um, and over a few, two, a few days, they realized that they weren't a couple. So I imagine oh, they like oh. tried it. Mm-hmm said it wasn't working oh well they should do another movie like tom hanks and meg ryan where they just keep doing movies that are they're not like remakes but you know like you've got mail and um you sleep know in seattle. Why can I, oh, sleep in seattle for some reason i wanted to say when harry met sally but that was what was the one with no. the bookstore that he shuts down is that you've got mail yes that's the shop around the corner okay. which is what you've got mail was based on the movie with uh german stewart <laughs> that was my impression just so you know in case you ever need that i think i feel like we uh you have a lot of romantic comedy backs background that we should be tapping. ever want to do any rom-coms i'm your girl it's my go-to <laughs> that's all i watch <laughs> that's our next podcast rom com rom comrades that's right we're the rom comrades rom comrades yeah and, uh, oh that's a good one that's a good that. okay we'll start that after this yeah we're <laughs> socialists side, and we're we're communists and we're yeah anyway <laughs> all right we got two two more facts um this movie was one of the few movies shot before nick cage got his teeth fixed so if you look at his teeth in this movie versus later movies they look very different you definitely noticed that um which i feel like adds to the realism of his character you know if he had really good teeth would he be like a grungy hollywood punk dude no um and then the last one which i maybe molly you're more familiar with this than i am but uh so do you know the frank zappa song valley girl i don't i mean maybe if i heard it but i off the top of my head no i don't know it either and i forgot to listen to it before the show but so it was released a year earlier and basically it's a bunch of like it's his daughter sings part of it and or I guess most of it probably. And it's just a bunch of like Valley girlisms. I'm going to read you guys some of the lyrics. Um, uh, I like love going into like clothing stores and stuff. I like buy the neatest mini skirts and stuff. It's like so bitching. Uh, <laughs> the way that you just said it kind of monotone was perfect. <laughs> I like, like to go. <laughs> uh, and it's just a bunch of Valley girl isms in it uh and so there was apparently a lot of discussion with frank zappa and movie studios about making a movie based on his song uh and that was like in process and i guess he then said no i don't want to do it and they just made it anyway and he did sue them over it over the movie so this movie got had a lawsuit associated with it but he lost wow that's intense so our homework is to listen to that song, which we probably can't play on the air. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't stopped never, us to this point. <laughs> I've never heard it. <laughs> Guys, let's rank this movie. Oh, yeah. Are you okay? Sorry to cut you off, Molly, with our little intro. Oh, no, no, no. I just got real excited to rank this. <laughs> We're going to rank this cage. I'm going to fix that formula bar. We're going to rank the cage.
So how this works is we score it on its own and then it gets uh, compared to other movies we've seen. This is number 15. So it's going to, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing it will be relatively high up, um, but let's see how it goes. So this is out of 10 and I'll talk you through it, Molly. So uh, this first thing is the cast of the movie, like how good, well cast was this? How good was the cast? How many people are you like, oh, that person, oh, that person, da, 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 you know? Hmm. Um, and don't worry, every answer you give is right. I think the cast was perfect. I don't think I could see it any other way. I'm going to give it a 10. Nice. Wow. <laughs> this okay. is going to be crazy. <laughs> For me, the cast, uh, the only person I really recognized besides, uh, you know, Nick Cage was um, the the Tommy Pickles lady. Uh, but I think they are, you know, they're all, I, I think I'm going to give it a, a three though, because it wasn't like a lot of, like you watch some Nick Cage movies and it's like, oh, Willem Dafoe and this guy and that guy. You're like, oh, what a cast. So this one, I'm, you know, they pick some, I, yeah. I think that's normally how we score this, but I'm going to give it a few extra points because I did feel like everyone was perfectly cast. They were delightful. I'm going to give it a, a solid five. You know, that three was in base, based entirely on the uh, Mrs. Robinson mom. I thought she was great. I did. I love the, I love the parents. Um, all right. This is the acting in the movie. Uh, this is the, not Nicholas Cage's acting in particular, but just sort of the acting in general. Okay. Out of 10. Yeah. And you, and you want serious answers. Yeah. Oh, I think so. yeah, whatever. <laughs> Cause I think if, as far as I, the acting was my favorite part, because it was so to me and I, who am I to say I've never been in a movie, but it was so bad that it made it so good to me. So I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a solid eight. eight on I think it's, acting. yeah, it's tough. It's tough to grade these and we just have to go with our gut. Yeah. I'm going to give it a six. I wasn't, I definitely, you know, wasn't taken out of things. It wasn't like it was so bad. I was like, oh, this isn't real. You know, it was pretty good acting. I'm going to give it a seven. You're going to give it a seven? Yeah. All right. Out of 10, how fun was this movie? This movie was a 20 out of 10. <laughs> Just this kidding. was such a fun movie. I'm, no, if I have to stick with it, I'm going to give it a 10. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I think that the edit, because it was a movie from the early 80s, was very like like slow. Yeah. And that for me kind of like made me like, well, all right. So, but it was a fun movie. I'm going to give it a 7. I'm going to give it an 8. I think there was definitely some parts that were a little slow and took me a little while to get, but like, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff that happened, you know, and there's not anything super dark in this movie like a lot of other movies we've seen. Um, the all right, dark part was that doll. The only dark part was the doll. The, the, the doll. dark part was the doll. That's absolutely the true. Uh, technical. So this is like hair, costuming, um, special effects, soundtrack, anything. Oh, you know? I feel like the soundtrack also was so good with the punching sounds. Um, you can clearly see that I'm going to make this movie pop up higher in your list oh, for you guys. But... It's all right, number one. So no, I'm, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to give. I'm going to give it. I'll give it a. Uh, you know, I'll lower my standard a little bit and give it a seven. I thought you were okay. like, I'll lower it to a nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nine and a half. Uh, I'm going to give it a five. I think uh, there wasn't much in the way of special effects. But the soundtrack is like all these iconic songs Great. now. So, yeah. Um, This, like, it was clearly shot on, like, no budget at all. But the soundtrack was great. Uh, but also the chest hair thing, I feel like, loses a point. Um, I'm going to give it a four. 
that's mostly for the soundtrack. All right. Overall, how much did you like this movie out of Overall, 10? Overall, I know if we added and did my average, it wouldn't Don't be- worry about that. But I just had such a nice time that I'm going to give it a 10. Do it. All right. Wow. Uh, I'm going to give this one a solid seven overall. Um, I I think I'm going to give it an eight. This movie scored pretty damn high. I know. This is going to be a – and we got to do a thing. Uh, maybe next episode we'll see because we, we one thing we like to track is our most enthusiastic guests. <laughs> I, think- I was going to say you're talking to somebody who teaches little kids music. So I'm like, everybody did so well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, we've definitely had some very enthusiastic guests and it'd be interesting to see which of which of them like, you know, influence the score the most. All right. Last part is bonus points. You can add or take away a point for anything in particular in the movie you liked or disliked. Just one point and we can just popcorn it. Whoever thinks of one first. I have one already. Yes. Do I, I want to popcorn how much shade Julie throws at her family for having a healthy restaurant. <laughs> like this sucks i wish it was a mcdonald or a pizza hut we're like if my if our parents owned a health food store we would be like this is the bomb we get the best food all the time yeah Yeah, like free vitamins and protein powder come on yeah well so uh, that's my i'm gonna add a point because that part is so good Hmm. i i'm I'm gonna take a point away for the doll I don't know. I might add a point for the doll. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm going to add a, I'm going to take away a point for something that I bugged me upon rewatch, which is that the bit where he does the, like the disguise stuff, he only does two disguises. We need three. We need rule of three. That's true. He That's got very- cut for more tits. <laughs> At first tits. I thought he was going to be the limo driver for the, you know, I thought yeah. he was, and then I realized he wasn't. And yeah, I was waiting for three too. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this will be, it looks like this will be somewhere solid middle to top. And uh, let's see what we got, Chris. Ooh. Oh, nice. Okay. It is number five. Holy moly. Number five. It has climbed the now, ranks to make number five. Is Mandy, Mandy is not a, a an action movie, right? Uh, oh, you, yeah. I don't think you'd like Mandy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds to me like it would just be like, oh, fun, but maybe not. No, it's. A, I would say it's a revenge horror movie. I wouldn't like Mandy. <laughs> I thought um, I wasn't gonna like Mandy too, uh, but I think it's still yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty gruesome. I it's a it's a it's a it's yeah it's an action movie and it's um pretty dark, but it's it's really good. But not from what you've said so far, not for you. <laughs> you know what? I'm looking at these movies and I'm like, is it better? Is Valley Girl better than Gone in 60 Seconds? I think so. Is Valley well, Girl- Well, we have uh, Jenny Jenny in the chat right now who was our guest for Gone in 60 Seconds is going, no. <laughs> <laughs> is Valley Girl right. better than Magic Men? I think so. I mean, is it better than Leaving Las Vegas? Yeah. With the Academy I, to honestly, I'm good with where we landed on this. I, I think I like Face Off and Raising Arizona better than Valley Girl, but this- I feel I feel good about this, Molly. Thank you for your your positive uh, your your tens to boost it to where it, where it belongs. Yeah. I have to say that I'm very happy that you like I said. I know I've been telling you so many times that I truly love this movie, and we will rewatch it again and again. <laughs> so good. It's a classic now. It's a classic, uh, um, Molly. I don't know how much uh, prep time you need, but whenever you're oh wait ready... the cage gauge. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wait the cage gauge. We got one last sorry, thing to do. Molly. We got to do the cage gauge. It's a two-axis plot of uh, of uh, yeah. cage craziness versus cage acting ability. So when I say cage craziness, I mean his patented 
Nick Cage screaming random lines, like that kind of craziness, not him playing a crazy person. So it's also out of 10. What would you give the Cage craziness in this movie? I'm going to get, since I'm not very familiar with his work, but it, so it did stand out to me more. So I wasn't expecting it. For example, the scene when he's in the car and he, he says something to a friend and then they respond and like five seconds later, he just goes, ah! and he just like, screams out of nowhere. I'm yep. going to give it, that's a big, for me, it was like, whoa, I'm going to give it an eight. Eight. Nice. Uh, I think he's got the disguise scenes, which are pretty crazy. The gum thing. Uh, there's a lot of craziness here. I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to give it a solid seven. A solid Ooh, seven. That's a pretty crazy a one. Line. All right. Acting ability in, in this film in particular. Just Cage. Oh. Just Cage. Just him. He was surprisingly, I enjoyed his acting. I'm going to, I mean, by that, I mean, I've been talking this whole time how everybody overacts it maybe a little, or it maybe I'm, that's, do you guys get that with, is that the same feeling you got? Is it? With, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he kind of downplayed it and it kind of weighed it all out. I'm going to give him a solid nine. A nine. <laughs> uh, I liked it. I found him pretty convincing. I found him to be a high school student who liked punk rock. So I'll give him a seven. I, I know it seems like I'm just splitting the difference from you guys, but I genuinely was going to give him an eight. An eight Look from Meg. That. So that puts us solidly in the good acting more crazy quadrant which is kind of like where you want to be yeah you want to be with that with a cage film and you want to be a little wild yeah and that that you know it's joining the ranks of leaving las vegas mandy face off uh matchstick men uh the the wild at heart um and the rock are in that quadrant so there you go like i said I don't know what this tells you about his movies or anything, but this is what we have. <laughs> We've it made this. I need to watch more and I will, but I will not watch Mandy. Yes. I would say, I'd say Moonstruck should probably be next on your list. I also think you might enjoy, um, how do you feel about like cartoony violence? If it's in a package of a funny comedy. Perfect. Love that. You might enjoy Raising Arizona okay. as well. It has some cartoony violence, but I don't think there's anything particularly gruesome. It's got Holly Hunter in it. <laughs> that it's a it's like a it's a comedy and uh kind of a love story too definitely a love story um all right molly so we would love to as you you said you you uh we're gonna do a song for us today we would now love i have prepared a song that i i looked up the rules of twitch and this is okay to to sing a cover song as long as it's being performed live correct are we good with that hey just do it and we'll ask for forgiveness later much like <laughs> the guy i'm dressed as in the movie <laughs> You can, if anybody gets in trouble, you can be like, this girl literally doesn't even know how to work Google. Yeah, they'll just mute the audio. They, they'll just, they'll just mute your song if, uh, if that happens. I bet it'll be okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I've given it away. Jared is my husband here. Hi, Jared. Help me out. He's also Hi. dressed 80s. I'm Jared. I like tacos and 71 Cabernet, and my favorite color is magenta. Hey. From the movie. From the movie. <laughs> We're going to play a song that we thought would be great because it was probably our favorite part that I mentioned. They played this whole song in the movie. Gee, can you guess what it is? I can't wait. I'm going to tune myself up. Jay, you should be tuned. Um, so let me know how, once I get this all done here, if you can hear the ukulele because it's the lighter of the two. You hear that okay? Oh, yeah awesome is it too loud meg i don't think so what do you think chris 
Oh, it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Not too bad. That's perfect. Perfect. All right, I'll move back a little bit so that we can blend. All right, are you ready, Jake? <laughs> we may or may not have the words right up here. <laughs> ready? Ready. Trippendicular. <laughs> Thank you. 
song. That is our song. Feel good about it. That's a good feeling. <laughs> that was so awesome. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't too loud, but thank you so much for having us do a little. Oh, that was incredible. That was awesome. You guys killed it. I I haven't heard you guys play in so long. It was so nice to hear you guys play again. You guys are so good. I know. Well, thanks so much. I love that tonight I've heard both of your uh, accents come out. Anytime I've heard <laughs> Meg say daughter, I love the way you say daughter and everything daughter? just New Jersey said right then, even though it's Boston. Hey, how you doing? You're awesome. You're fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> I've never been told I have an accent before. I'm from Connecticut. You know, we're very neutral. I love it. This, that was awesome, Molly. Thank you so much for thank you and thank you, Jared, too, for doing that. Um, yeah thank you guys our first so, and ever only ever musical guest and it was yeah, awesome so a, a challenge for future future guests do a song yeah people Why next not? week step up your game and bring instruments because <laughs> you, you gotta uh. um so uh, molly do you have anything that you're working on that you want to promote to uh our listeners we, I have a like a Zoom show coming up in February, but I couldn't tell you any information except for if anybody's interested and wants to watch a live thing on Zoom, it's uh, you can follow my Instagram if you would like at, at Molly J Wally, and that's all I've got. And the Molly and the Wally have two L's each, right? Correct, M O L L Y J W A L L Y. Yeah, and you do live stuff on Instagram all the time, you're always playing music. I try to, I got to be better about doing things like you guys are very good about putting your ideas and doing them and getting everybody organized. So I have to be more like you. So my oh, new resolution you, is to get Chris in May. You do, you've done so many stage you shows. So you do so much. No, you're, you're, you're so guys talented. Are oh no, you're wonderful. Oh no. Oh, all right. Also <laughs> have to just give it up for your technical skills of making all of these PowerPoint things that just gave us the answer out of nowhere. Like you filled in the thing and there's a formula that you know how to do. And I'm blown away. We managed to combine our love of watching movies with our love of Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> This is why this came about. I get it now. Yep. Uh, um, oh, all right. Well, uh, just a little plug for next week's episode. Uh, we are going to be watching USS and Indianapolis Men of Courage with Anthony Zanfrelli and Will Von Antwerp. Um, this is a real bad looking movie about a bunch of Navy people that their ship capsizes and they get attacked by sharks. That's that's all I know about it. Yeah. It's going to be um, another, another, a rough one, a slog. Can I ask you two a question really fast? Yes. Do you watch the movie the week of? I know some of these you've already seen, but do you always watch the movie the week of? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because we want to have a fresh, fresh view on gotta it. Get, gotta get those fresh takes. Got a fresh take. Um, and guys, that's our show. Thank oh, you so I much. Oh, I got one more oh, plug. Sorry, yeah. Two more plugs. One yeah. is. Uh, Friday's virtual improv again, Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do Whose Lines Anyway style fun, whatever. That's every on Friday. On this channel, twitch.tv. The other thing is Meg co-wrote a uh, oh. YouTube series coming out uh, oh, thanks, Chris. called Cor uh, Corey and the Wong Notes uh, yeah. it's with Corey Wong. And uh, and uh, it's a sketch comedy slash music show. It's on Corey Wong's YouTube channel. I don't know if it's out yet. Is it out yet? No, it starts. It comes out next Thursday. Uh, Co-written by me, two other people who haven't been on the show, uh, and uh, Will Giannetta, who is our national treasure guest and also did all the music for the show. 
Yeah, and it's really funny. And uh, if you're like Corey Wong, if I guess if you're a fan of Corey Wong, it's really he does a lot of like fun stuff. Yeah, that's so cool. Congrats, May. Oh, thanks, and thanks, Chris, for bringing that up. I totally forgot. Um, <laughs> but uh, guys, it's been a great show. Uh, we loved having you, Molly. Thank you, Jared, for dropping in and doing music too. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week. See you next week, guys. Bye. See Thank you, bye. Unlocking the Cage is produced by The Manager Special. Music by Will Janetta. Check out our other shows, as well as sketches, animation, and short films at managerscomedy.com.